Welcome to the Chase MedSearch Podcast, your place for discussions around hiring and recruiting for commercial positions in the world of medical device technology. From sales to clinical specialists and everything in between, we talk about how to get in, stay in, and improve in this niche of the industry we all love so much. Our show covers technological advancements, leadership discussions, and features interviews with current medical device representatives who share success stories that are as unique as their backgrounds. I'm your host, Jordan Chase, taking you on a guided tour of my last 20 years working in the med tech sector. Let's start the show. Welcome back to the Chase Med Search Podcast. I'm excited to have not only a good friend, but also a client on with us today. And that is Will Clark from Radius Labs. He is the Director of Sales for Radius Labs. And Will has a background in orthopedics and pain management. He specializes in building teams and preparing go-to-market strategies for new technologies. Great guy to work with. I always say Will is very strategic with a laid-back Georgia drawl to his communication style. Will, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jordan. Really glad to be here. Big fan of the show. Glad to have you on. We've got a good topic to talk about and a timely talk topic with uh, what you folks are doing over at Radius Labs, which has been a lot of fun to recruit for. Will, but just I always like to ask our guests, how did you get into healthcare sales? Yeah, Jordan, you know, it's a great question. And, and my background is maybe atypical of some, although you see people from all different walks of life that enter the industry. Shortly after college, I was contemplating where I wanted to take my career and what I wanted to do and had the opportunity uh, to come on as a service rep for an orthopedic distributorship, Basically, uh, you know, running around and fitting appliances for patients and stocking consignment closets and that type of thing. And uh, it was a lot of hard work and, and it was something that I was able to do and had some space to learn and grow. It didn't take me long in that role before I really got a feel for it and, and got the bug for sales and, and had the opportunity to grow from a service role into a sales role and uh, develop some business of my own and, and spread my wings a little bit there. And that was the start. And the rest, as they say, is history. Part of that history included me uh, placing you at an organization where you rapidly climbed up the ladder and did very, very well there and ended up, I think, uh, leading a significant part of that organization before you moved over. Let's talk about Radius. Will, what do you guys do? What drew you to working over at Radius? Yeah, so Radius is a clinical lab, and really we were founded on the principle of establishing truth between patients and providers. That's a broad sentence, so what does that mean? Really, it means that we look at some of the most difficult parts of the healthcare system where good data is needed, and we try to apply the very best and most cutting-edge science to those processes, and then we figure out how to do it as fast as we can, as accurately as we can, and all in an effort to empower physicians to provide better care. That's the, the why of what we do and the how of what we do and what drew me over to Radius. So it was multiple things. One was personal connections. As we know, this industry and this space in the industry that, that we love is a small world. And so a lot of my leadership counterparts here at Radius are people that I've crossed paths with in various forms and fashions over the years. And then also just the opportunity to be a part of something that is on the cutting edge of medicine. And we're going to get into and talk a lot about COVID, but 
the world of diagnostics and molecular diagnostics is the future of medicine in many ways. It's the present of medicine in many ways. And so it was an opportunity that I, I couldn't say no to. That's great. And, you know, maybe we take the approach that some folks or maybe the majority of the folks in our audience are rather unfamiliar with laboratory testing and they don't know what this sales process looks like. They're not sure of the service line offerings that you guys provide. Where should we start with just that educational process if someone out there is listening to this and says, I've always wondered about that lab testing business? Yeah, well, you know, Jordan, what I would say is that and I know most of your audience comes from the medical device side of the world. And so they're very familiar with the idea that when you walk into a clinic or you walk into a hospital setting, every instrument, device, implant, et cetera, that you see got there somehow. It was sold by someone. It was developed by an organization. And that technology was promoted and put into the hands of practitioners. So the lab world works very similar. Any test any diagnostic tool that's utilized from something as simple as a standard blood panel uh, that you might get at your annual physical all the way to uh, the most complex and cutting edge cancer biomarker screenings uh, is developed in a lab and then carried by sales reps into the relevant clinical settings so that it can ultimately be used to better patient care. So our sales cycle is a very service oriented sales cycle we partner with customers uh, to provide services. And, and in many cases, just like is popular in the device world, we're also looking to create revenue streams for physicians and practices. So that's a big part of what we do as well. That's great. And if I'm not incorrect, you guys not only do the COVID testing, but also respiratory tract infection testing, clinical toxicology testing, and molecular diagnostics. And for many of these, the results are the same day. Is that right? That's correct. So those, those are, are some of the spaces that we're very present in where, you know, we do some other types of testing as well. Historically, our standard has been that we want to provide data on the next business day uh, from when we receive specimens into our lab. And that really began to change a little bit with COVID where, you know, our goal and what we've delivered on over the past 18 months has been to provide those results on the same business day. You know, as I'm sure we'll get into talking about, that has been a process and, and it's taken a lot of innovation and work to be able to do that first and foremost, and then to be able to do it at scale as we've uh, worked across the country. And you guys have obviously done it very well. We're talking about 30,000 five-star reviews via Google reviews on your company, 300 million clinical test results since 2013. And there are bigger laboratory testing firms out there than you guys, uh, even though you've obviously done very well. Why work with you versus anybody else? What's the differentiator? Yeah, Jordan, the differentiator really goes back to that founding principle and mission. And that is that we want to put the power of truth in the hands of clinicians. And so in any testing arena that we enter, uh, we're doing a lot of work. Our scientists are doing diligence to understand what is the absolute best methodology to produce the best data that we can. And then we want to do that extremely quickly. So we try to beat turnarounds. We try to do things in time frames that people think are impossible. On the other side of the coin, we want to provide the best access for physicians and customers 
to the scientific minds, to the analysts, to the technicians who process their data. Uh, so any of our customers around the country can pick up the phone and talk with an expert to address any detail on a report, any fine point of a result, et cetera, uh, because it's very important not only that they get that data, that the data be accurate, but that that data is understood well and in every way uh, so that they can translate that data into good clinical decisions and good outcomes. Well, that's great. You know, um, we're going to need to talk about COVID here. You, know, you guys have obviously done COVID testing in over 212 universities, tested the entire student body in less than three days at University of North Carolina and North Carolina State. You've got multiple ways of offering COVID testing to people, drive-through, walk-up, fleet mobile testing. You know, when did you begin to realize that COVID was going to be a big thing for your organization? At what point did the, that light bulb go on or for you or for your founder or, or whoever? Yeah, so I think, Jordan, we, you know, we began to have this realization around the same time that the whole world began to have this realization, or, or at least the world in the United States. I mean, I can recall personally, the third week of March of 2020, I got off a flight from Arizona to Georgia at the time and, uh, and noticed that things were a little strange in the airport. And by the end of that week, you know, really it had become clear that uh, at least for what we thought was a little while at the time, that things were going to shut down and uh, in our world, face-to-face -face patient visits were going to be on pause. You know, that's when we knew that, that something was going on. And as you can recall at that time, one of the big stories that was in the news was that testing was very hard to come by. And so for us as a clinical lab, you know, the first question that came to mind was, is there a way that we can step up to the plate to be a part of the solution here? Because it seemed clear that the way out of whatever we had gotten ourselves into was going to be through having testing widely available. So that is really what started us on the path of understanding how we can rise to that occasion, understanding what the challenge would be, and then beginning to create uh, ways that we'd be part of the solution. And you know, COVID, as much as I think everyone would love for it to go away and be out of the news cycle and just for us to move on as a society and as a world, it just doesn't happen. And before our call today, as of November 14th at 6 a.m., a total of 195 million Americans have been fully vaccinated or 58.8% of the country's population. And that's according to the CDC. When you talked about stepping up to the plate and being part of the solution, you know, one thing that I began to notice was a trickle at first, and then it's become much more common during my week that I hear from folks, uh, sales representatives in particular in the medical world, who are not going to get vaccinated. Now, I know this is going to be, we're going to stray into some controversial waters here, but it's not many, but it is some who They've made the decision, and it's a personal decision that they're not going to get vaccinated no matter what. I know that this is not a unique phenomenon in, just in the medical space, but it's in other quadrants of the country, too, in employment sectors. Can you speak to how your company is maybe perhaps bridging the gap between employers and employees and now government mandates around the vaccination? Of course. And so obviously, Jordan, right now, as we're recording this podcast, as this episode is releasing, it's a 
extremely relevant topic in the news. Uh, within the last couple of weeks, OSHA has put out a new standard that mandates companies of over 100 employees or their workforce mandate vaccination or weekly testing. And the fines, both for incidental or intentional violation of that, are high. They're written in such a way that they could be very crippling for companies. And what a lot of people may not realize, but perhaps this audience will, is that healthcare organizations, so uh, hospitals, health systems, but even some medical device companies that directly interface in those areas, have been under a similar mandate now for quite some time. And as you mentioned, it's very easy to get into some difficult waters or some political waters. But if we sidestep that and just look at it from the standpoint of business leaders uh, having to face this challenge and deal with it, as we know, as your listeners know, the labor market is very tight right now. It's hard to drive around any part of the country without seeing you know, we're hiring signs, help wanted signs, and the same is true in the healthcare space. So what we began to hear from hospital leaders, CEOs, executives, was that regardless of how they personally felt about vaccination, how their staff felt about vaccination, the reality was that when they had to impose a mandate, it ended up with employees walking away or some being terminated. And in this particular labor market, when staff is already stressed and strained, uh, that can cause very, very difficult challenges for a business to overcome. So what we have tried to do and, and what we're in the process of doing right now is providing alternative options for companies, for individuals. So when you look at a standard or when you look at a mandate that says vaccination or a weekly test, Everyone focuses on vaccination, as they should. We are focused on the weekly test. We've done this in a number of ways. From the very beginning of the pandemic, we've worked with companies, universities, as you mentioned, to provide testing both on a routine surveillance level and also for particular events, be it one-off sales meetings or particularly in 2020, NCAA athletics, where they had to have pre-competition testing. Uh, now we're, we're entering a an environment where the pandemic is becoming more endemic and testing is going to be required on a regular basis, week to week, month to month, et cetera. So we have multiple programs, including a, a new program that we've launched, testweekly.com, with the idea being to empower businesses and employees to make whatever choice they see fit to make in mm -hmm. light of a lot of these new standards and mandates. And so this program gives Businesses, the ability to, on a subscription basis, provide testing with all the supplies and logistics covered for their employees, regardless of what setting they work in, be it in an office, traveling, remote, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, and then also, very importantly, in light of some of the new legislation and mandates, to maintain good reporting and good logs on the back end in case of those things being drawn to question or an audit or anything like that. That makes sense. So you could, your company could essentially, if there was an employer, and I'm just, I, I took a, a look at the, the top five states that have been vaccinated and the bottom five states that have been vaccinated that, that had not been with the lowest vaccination rates. And there's really no surprises between the top five and the, and the bottom five. I didn't see anything that I didn't 
think that I would see. But let's say you're an employer in one of those states that is, has got a lower vaccination rate and there's a real resistance from the workforce to get vaccinated for whatever reason. And they're just not doing it and they're willing to go work other places or do other things. You're able to offer that employer, whether they're a hospital or a you know, cruise line or whatever it is, a, a solution to have their employees test weekly for COVID rather than get the vaccine and thus be in compliance with the federal government's mandate. Is that right? That's correct, Jordan. And, and you raised or started to raise what I think is an important point there, which is there's an element of this that is designed to be compliant, right? We all understand that for the majority of companies, companies over 100 employees, in the next 30 days, pending some court activity, but in the next 30 days, there will be a requirement that vaccination or weekly testing is mandated. So obviously, we want to enable companies to meet that threshold, right, of providing weekly testing. But there are other arenas. And so uh, entertainment-oriented industries, you mentioned uh, the cruise industry is just one, but also concerts and performance venues, as well as really any client face. I mean, Almost all of your audience, I would assume, is involved in client or customer-facing interactions. And as we know, regardless of vaccination status, it's still possible to spread COVID. And so I think there's, there's multiple layers to what a testing program can do. Obviously, there's the compliance piece. But on top of that, you know, there is a tremendous amount of protection and sensible management of your human capital that can go on by providing testing, especially when your industry involves entertainment or it involves interfacing with customers. For those of us in the medical space, oftentimes our business takes us into the hospital, which means that we are interacting either directly or indirectly with very vulnerable patient populations. So I think that uh, there's sensibility around at least thinking through a testing program whether you're doing that directly in response to a mandate or an OSHA standard, or whether you're doing that as, uh, as simply a strategic initiative for the future of your business as we move into you know, whatever the quote-unquote normal nature of COVID is in the next year. I think it's, um, it's an interesting question, and it's one that isn't going away from my perspective, and it's affected even my business from a standpoint of, you know, employers are now saying, hey, when you begin to interview people and screen them, just know that we don't require a vaccination. But if they're going to call on customers like hospitals and clinics that require a vaccination, then they're going to have to do that or we can't employ them. You know, it's kind of the way that, that that's broken down. This is not an easy fix. But I think you guys are offering a really interesting solution. One of the questions I had for you is just some of these numbers are mind boggling that you can get done in a day. I think at one point you had hit 10,000 tests in one day. I think that's been exceeded now. PCR tests up to 25,000 tests in a day. How are you able to? That seems like a staggering amount of processing. Is there, I, without giving away any trade secrets, how do you guys? actually do all of that so quickly. Yeah, you know, Jordan, it's a fascinating process. And I'll give you a short version of the answer and then a more detailed version. The short version is there are a lot of individuals far more intelligent 
than I am in <laughs> our organization that are involved with everything from the bench science side of things to laying out the processes and the procedures uh, to organizing the logistics, beginning all the way at swab in nose to specimen in bag, shipping and logistics into the lab. And, and it's been a process of innovation and iteration over the last 18 months of the pandemic. One kind of statistic that I share is uh, in the very early days of COVID, when we first began to process some of these tests in our lab, our average time from a COVID sample entering our lab to us reporting out our result was about five to five and a half hours. Now, as of this week, not only in our physical lab location, but in the back of our mobile lab units, which are modified and retrofit sprinter vans, uh, we're processing up to thousands of tests per day with a turnaround time from swab to result of 30 minutes or less. Wow. And that is something that even in the walls of our own building 18 months ago may have seemed impossible. Mm -hmm. But as is the case with all innovation, especially in the healthcare field, when there's a problem, you know, one thing that we're good at is applying a lot of intelligence and ingenuity to that problem and creating new solutions and then optimizing those solutions. And so it, it has really been a process of learning by experience. It's been a process of refining methods, applying those methods to larger and larger problems. And, uh, and we're still doing that today. You know, I, I certainly think that our methodologies, our timelines, our volumes and capacities are only going to improve as we go along. It's an impressive set of accomplishments, and I know you guys are just getting started. I do know a little bit about you all in that it's PhD owned, but then I think, didn't you tell me once all of the people that design the tests and are heavily involved, they're all PhDs? Yeah, so so we've got we've we've got a number of PhDs that are involved and on staff, and, and then we you know we have some other levels of credentials as well. Mm -hmm. Suffice it to say that we don't cut any corners when it comes to the science. And you know, as you mentioned at the beginning, Jordan, a lot of your listeners may not be familiar with the lab world, and so that's an important thing, right? It's very important in this moment in time, especially that. The science is first, and the science is first not for its own sake, but for the sake of ultimately the patient and ultimately the patient outcome. Yeah. Whether it's 10,000 or 25,000, at the end of the day, every specimen that we process, every result that we send out is going to an individual. And as you know, in, in the world we're in right now, a lot of times it could mean whether you're admitted back into your home country or not, whether right. you're able to take your child to school on a given day. You know, this is just the world that we live in right now. And, and so it's critical for us and has been critical for us that you know, we take these things really seriously and that we do everything we can to make sure that uh, from front to back, our process is as strong as it can be because the results that we're issuing are serving really important purposes in people's lives. Absolutely. And there's different types of COVID tests, are there not? Yeah, that, that, that's correct. And it's amazing. I think that people have learned more 
than they ever wanted to know about molecular diagnostics in the last <laughs> year. For, for most of us and many of your listeners, if they had ever heard the uh, letters PCR before, it was probably a long time ago in a college class. Uh, but now that's kind of entered the modern parlance. So just to give a, you know, kind of an elementary overview for your listeners, mm -hmm. we hear a lot of talk about rapid tests. And these are typically what we would call antigen tests. Oftentimes, these are the ones where results are coming in 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, and those, those are utilized in a lot of places. And then we have what we call PCR tests, which commonly we hear those referred to as the gold standard. And that's the much more rigorous test that's performed in a laboratory setting. Oftentimes, at least at the beginning of the pandemic, those are the ones where you were hearing horror stories about results taking a week or two weeks to come in. Mm -hmm. Now, in, in our world, those are the ones where we are producing results in sometimes under 30 minutes, but always on the same day. And really successful testing programs often are utilizing a combination of these different methodologies, right? And, and this is one of the things that, you know, no one in any business who is dealing with these questions right now signed up for the job of controlling a COVID testing policy for their organization. So everyone is new to this. And I think that's one of the important things that, you know, we've been able to do over mm -hmm. the last year and a half is work with organizations and, and help guide them through the formation of what is a good testing policy for them. You know, and those things have changed and, and will continue to change. And, and there's a lot of information and a lot of different considerations that go in. And, and that's a big part of, of what we do on a day-to-day -day basis as we're talking with different companies and schools and organizations is helping, helping them understand, you know, what are their goals? What are they trying to accomplish? And then what are the different testing resources that we could deploy uh, to do that in the most reasonable way that we can. That's fantastic stuff. If someone out there is listening to this and how could they get a hold of you? Yeah, so uh, they can always go to testweekly.com and uh, contact us there. Uh, they can also feel free to, to reach out to me directly. I'm, I'm present and active on LinkedIn and, and other places. Uh, we would love to talk with anyone and answer questions that they have. And, and if there's any way that we can help, you know, that's what we're here for. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest is Will Clark today, Director of Sales for Radius Labs. Will, thank you for being on. My pleasure, Jordan. Thank you. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Chase Met Search Podcast. I want to thank you for listening, and I want to thank my guests for joining us. I hope you find a lot of value in the experiences that were shared today. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe at chasemedsearch.com or your favorite streaming platform so you can catch all of our future episodes. I'm also curious to hear about your thoughts on today's show, so feel free to email us at podcast at chasemedsearch.com. You can share your experiences in the med device industry or even suggest a future episode topic. Our door is open to you. Chase Med Search is providing this podcast as a public service. Reference to any product, individual, or entity does not imply an endorsement by Chase Med Search. The thoughts and opinions shared by our guests are their own and do not reflect those of Chase Med Search or any of its employees or contractors. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you have a great week. Provide value for both clients and patients. Stay safe out there and join us next time on the Chase Med Search Podcast.